All right. Well, we are continuing our It's Complicated series where we're looking at the books of Corinthians and just looking at complicated topics and hopefully uh, uncomplicating them a little bit. Um, So uh, our text today is out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. It says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do, do it to get a crown, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. It's a hard word to say. I do not fight fight like a man beating the air, nor no, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Um, and this morning we have, ooh, ooh, okay. uh, we're all good. Uh, we have a, a special guest. Pastor Sean will be out of town for the next four to five weeks. So um, he is doing an STP, so uh, root for him this morning. He's driving his bike all the way from Seattle to Portland, um, which he's probably already done by now, which, uh, go Sean, which is pretty incredible. But we get some awesome guest speakers these next couple weeks, and uh, Stacy Larson from uh, Living Word in Oak Harbor is here with us today to share. So um, we are grateful. Uh, she's been here a couple times and have uh, been awesome to have, so we're grateful for that again. Um, and... Without ado, here's Stacy Larson. Here I am. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. Um, as he said, I am here from Living Word. I'm the executive pastor there. This is my third time coming, and I wasn't going to do it this time, but then I felt like I said last time that it was our thing and that I should do it again, and so I do have some trivia and some Starbucks cards. Every time I come, we do a little trivia. And we have Starbucks, Uh, Tyler's going to be like my Vanna White, he's going to hand him out. And so if you're ready, you have to raise your hand uh, if you know the answer, and I'll just call on you, and we'll go from there. Okay, you ready? First question, who won four gold medals in track and field in the 1936 Olympics in Berlin? Ooh, back in the back. Jesse Owens, boom. Nice, well done. Good job. Okay, that was the hard one, I think. All right, how long is a marathon in miles? Right there. 26.2. We have a winner. Okay, last chance. What relay race was run in this community this weekend? You can't pull you guys. Right here in the front. Ragnar, excellent. Perfect. Well done. Okay, I only do three. I'm sorry I don't have Starbucks for all of you, but if I come back, we'll do it again. See, and I said it now, so now I have to do it again if I come back. Um, Yeah, Ragnar was run this weekend, and actually they run right through your town and through your community. Uh, Ragnar is a relay race that goes from Blaine, Washington, just under the Canadian border, all the way down to Langley on Whidbey Island. It's about 200 miles. And there are relay runners that run three legs over the course of two days. So there's 12 runners, and each runner runs three times over two days. Uh, If you're not familiar with it, even though you've probably seen the signs and stuff as you're driving through town, I do have a video here that will just kind of give you a little glimpse of what that looks like.
this has sound, but it may not on this particular VM. <laughs> Keeper running. <laughs> These people look really happy. They're loving life. Look at that. No pain. This is a section as you do run through the night as well. So people are running with headlights on in the nighttime. <laughs> I'm sorry we don't have the sound. It's a little more inspiring with the sound, but that's all right. You can imagine. <laughs> Here's everybody coming through the finish line. Yay. So happy. And then an advertisement for Reebok. <laughs> That's the end. Anyway, um, that was meant to inspire you and see how exciting uh, this running can be. And so, and if you didn't notice from our scripture reading and our trivia and this video, there's a theme running through all of that. And that theme is running a race. And so I'm going to read this scripture again. Uh, first, I just want to pray just to open us up. Father, uh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for uh, your kindness and your love. Uh, just stir us this morning to your calling. Be present with your spirit and open our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to read this again. I tend to use the ESV version. I'm noticing I saw some Bibles out here. You guys tend to read from the NIV. So this is a little different version, but I'll read this again. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So this scripture is kind of a bold statement. I think when I read it and when I read it, I sort of get several emotions uh, when I read it. First, I read the beginning, verse 24, and it's, I do not know that in a race all the runners run, one receives the prize, and I feel kind of challenged and inspired, and I think of that Ragnar video, and I can kind of hear the Rocky theme in my head, and like, yeah, run, run the race, it's great. And then verse 25 is every athlete exercises self-control in all things, and I think, yeah, that sounds really good, okay, yeah, I can probably do that. And then verse 26 is, uh, so I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, and then I start to... Um, kind of feel worried, like, oh, shoot, do I have a plan for this? And then verse 27, I discipline my body and keep it under control, and then I'm a little worried that maybe I can't do that. I'm not super great at <laughs> disciplining my body and keeping it under control, and uh, gosh, I'm tired. <laughs> so 
I have to be honest, this scripture here, Sean uh, and I were emailing, and he asked me to come back, which is always lovely, and he gave me some choices to read. I know you guys are spending uh, the whole year, is it, in Corinthians, which is amazing. I love that. Uh, so he gave me some choices, and I gave him one, two, three, and he emailed back and said, yeah, do this one, and this was choice number three for me. <laughs> And the reason I didn't pick this one, I'm just going to be honest right off the bat, is I'm not much of an athlete. And so I do read this in the beginning, and I kind of get excited. But then I sort of get tired pretty quickly. And it feels like, it feels like a lot, a lot of self-control, a lot of building yourself up. Um, and I just I didn't know how I felt about it. And I thought, well, how do I preach on that? I, I don't even know if I agree with this, which I know we're not supposed to say. But I was like, I wasn't sure. But the more I studied it, I really came to appreciate this and embraced kind of the inspiring message that's behind it, and it, and it really was an encouragement to my faith. I hope that it can be that for you. Uh, this idea of running a race, this is one of Paul's favorite metaphors. He uses it a lot. He uses it in several different scriptures. And just as a note, we're going to look at a lot of different scriptures today because I think one of the best things you can do when you're looking at scripture is apply it based on other scripture. It's always good to kind of just test it with other things and see that theme all the way through. So I want to give you a few examples where Paul has used this theme of running a race, this metaphor, in other places. First one is Galatians 2, uh, verse 2. It says, I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. So there's that idea of running again. Here's another example in Philippians 2.16. Holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. And the last one I have here is Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So you can see just even from these three scriptures, Paul uses this metaphor of running the race repeatedly. It comes up again and again. So we're going to dive a little further into this and see what exactly he's meaning when he's talking about this. So first thing is, what is the race? And during uh, the time of Paul's life and during this writing, there was an actual race that happened. It was part, it was the biennial games in Corinth. It was part of the overall Olympics. And these were called the, it's hard for me to say this word, the Isthmian, it's I-S-T-H-M-I-A-N, Isthmian, the Isthmian games. And they were in honor of the Greek god Poseidon. They were held in a stadium in Corinth. Kind of have to remember, even though Christianity is, is starting to take off and we have this Christian church, most of the rest of the world at this time is not Christian. So they're still doing these things for their gods that are there. So that's what these games were about. It was a really, uh, the games included races. They included wrestling and boxing, and they even had musical and poetical contests. Now, if Paul had used a musical metaphor, I would have been all in. I could have just dissected that all day, but he didn't. He used the racing metaphor, and for, and for this race, in these races, there was a prize for the winner, and the prize was a pine wreath, or it started off as like a celery leaf, celery leaf wreath, and then became a pine wreath later on. So I have a few pictures, hopefully. We have a few pictures. Oh, yeah, there's that one. 
That is uh, the pine wreath. Do you have the picture of the runner? The runners up there? Or did you guys already? Oh, you already did that one. There we go. There are the runners. So they're running the, the Itzmian games. Then we have the, the wreath, the uh, statue of the man with the wreath. And then the last picture I have is just modern day Corinth today. And you can see kind of the ruins of where this stadium was and where these games were held. So as I said, they were really popular. They were popular in the local culture, uh, kind of like American football is here today. Everybody kind of, or most everybody, I am not one of those people, but most people follow football and they have their teams and they know about it and it would be a great metaphor to use because people are really familiar with football. Same thing here. People were very familiar with these games. They understood it immediately. So when he talks about running the race and winning the prize and the imperishable and the perishable, everybody immediately gets that. It's a really good metaphor. We also, in our society, have metaphors about running races. Um, ours have a little bit of different meaning. The one that comes to mind for me is the rat race. We talk about running the rat race, and the rat race is really a way of living in modern society and where people compete with each other and they compete for power and money and try to get ahead, right? And so something might be like, I'm running the rat race, or maybe they're trying to get out of that and they said, oh, I quit my job, I had to get out of the rat race, I had to get out of that. Oh, is everybody okay? <laughs> um, so that's one example of a race that we use even today when we use this metaphor race. But Paul's metaphor uh, is kind of the opposite of that. And I think that his metaphor for a race is the opposite of the rat race, and it's a metaphor for the Christian life or walking with Christ. So when we walk with Christ, we know him, we share with his suffering and his death, we experience his, the power of his resurrection, we kind of just enter into this place of Christian living. So on one side, we have the rat race, kind of what the world says about running and get more power, get more money, get all in there. On the other side, we have knowing Christ, suffering, dying, <laughs> resurrecting again, and walking with Christ. We have these two races sort of in opposition to each other. And I want to look a little bit closer at Paul's instructions in this scripture to kind of really break down Paul's race and what that looks like for us. So the verse verse that I want to look at is verse 25, which says, every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. So the word athlete here in Greek is actually a, a verb. It's not a noun. Uh, and the verb is agonizomai. And that means to struggle or to fight internally. It's where we get the word agonize. So you're kind of fighting with oneself. Um, so that word, it's funny that they put the word athlete in because the word is really like a, an internal struggle is what that means. Also, just notice Paul's statements here. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. Everyone, all things. That is a lot of absolutes in that sentence. If we were going to translate this into the Greek literally, it would be control oneself in all struggles. How do we do that? How do we control oneself in all? That seems like a really tall order to me. I mean, usually if I'm struggling, I'm feeling out of control, not in control. I don't think that we can do that on some level. I don't think we can control ourselves in all struggles, at least not by ourselves. But luckily, we have a helper who is referenced throughout 
Corinthians throughout the Corinthian church, and the help, of course, is the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, we can have self-control because self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and I'm just going to remind you of that. We're going to look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So there's our self-control by the Spirit. Can we ourselves exercise self-control in all things, in every aspect? No, I can't. I don't know. Maybe you guys are better than I can, but I can't do that. But with the Spirit, through the Spirit, we have that ability. Uh, Okay, moving on with Paul's instructions, I want to look at verse 26. This says, "So So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Again, we have the metaphor of running and boxing. Remember, boxing was also one of those games. Uh, Not running aimlessly, not boxing the air. Obviously, there's a plan. There's a purpose. When we run or we box or we we train for things and we kind of have a strategy and we have a plan that helps us win or helps us get to where we're going. So what is our strategy or our plan or our purpose for this Christian life? I'm going to come back to that in just a second. I want to go ahead and skip around a little. So we will come back to the strategy. Verse 27. This says, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. And that sounds pretty okay in the ESV. This is the one time I am going to go to the NIV because it's actually a lot closer to the original Greek. And Tyler read it when he first read the scripture this morning. It says, I beat my body and make it my slave. That is really intense. It does not fit with our modern sensibilities. I beat my body and make it my slave. When I read that, even when I read the, this other version, I discipline my body and keep it under control, I have this idea of like, okay, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and try harder and work harder and hold it together and get it all in there. I even have a picture of, if you've seen old movies, of like a monk in like a dark, dank room with a tiny glass of water and a crumb of bread with a whip, and he's like whipping himself on the back, right? I beat my body and make it my slave. That image of that, actually there's a word for that, it's called asceticism, and it's a really, really legalistic view of the scriptures. It's a really legalistic view of this reading right here. And even though Paul uses that language and he uses that really harsh language, I don't think that that's what is Paul, I don't think that's what Paul is meaning from a heart posture, and because he warns against it in other places in Scripture. I'm going to look at, I'm going to read right now Colossians 2, verse 18 and 19. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. So Paul, in this section right here, is saying, rather than asceticism, Paul's saying, hold fast to the head, and the head is Christ. So we do that. We hold on to Christ through the Spirit. Spirit gives us self-control. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Not through legalism, not through self-improvement, not from doing it ourselves but putting our focus on the head and on Christ and on the Spirit. We do that. Christ died and we became new creations in him. We have the ability to do that, right? Okay. 
back to that same line, I beat my body and make it my slave. I want to look at the word slave again as well, because that's another really harsh image, especially for our society today. So what's Paul really saying here when he's talking about making it a slave? Again, he uses this language elsewhere in scriptures, and we're going to look at that. This is Romans 6, verse 19. He says, I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So because of the fall, our natural inclination is to be slaves to something. We're a slave to our job. We're a slave to our family. We're a slave to our work. We're a slave to our, our uh, human earthly desires. Uh, we're slaves to something. And Paul is calling us out and saying, you need to be slaves for righteousness. We get to choose. Even though we are slaves, we get to choose what we're slaves to. So he's saying, be slaves to righteousness. Again, we don't do that on our own. We have to go to the head. We have to have the spirit choosing be, to be slaves of righteousness. So earlier we talked about what's the plan and what's our purpose. Why, why are we running this race? And I want to share a personal with, story with you for that. Um, I opened with the Ragnar video. Doesn't it look super fun? Yay, it looks super fun. Has any, have any of you in here run Ragnar? No? Okay. It is very fun. Um, I did run Ragnar. Uh, when I was 41 years old, that was in 2013, so you can do the math if you want to know how old I am now. Uh, Ragnar happens in July. It just happened this weekend. It happens that time every year. Uh, I started training. To train for Ragnar, you start in January when it's dark and it's cold and it's wet and you don't want to run. Uh, you, I started kind of close to home and then sort of increased my distance, running further out, further run further out. Once I got some distance in, I started improving my time, and then I switched to hills, and that about killed me, <laughs> training on hills. Um, I had to push my body in training beyond what I thought capable. It was six months of training. If I didn't do that, I would not have been ready for the race. The day of the race, you get up around like five in the morning, and you drive to Blaine, which is just right at the border. Um, and then when you're running, when you're, or I should say when you're not running, so you do run three legs, but when you're not running, you're riding in a van with five other sweaty, smelly runners when you're not running, because everybody's running. And the pattern is you run, and then you drive, and then you eat, and then you sleep, and then you do it again. So you do it three times. You run three legs. So, and you don't really sleep, because you kind of just are on a sleep and grab flag sleeping bag on the ground for a little bit. Like one of the turnover spots is the Burlington High School here. So I slept, I brought my portable razor and like shaved my legs and slept on the floor or on the concrete on the high school. Um, my legs where I started off in the morning in Birch Bay, it was like mid-morning, I was feeling great. Sounds wonderful, whoo, the sun was beating, it was a little hot. I think that was like, I can't totally remember right now. I wanna say it was five miles, it was my shortest leg. Uh, my next leg then was here in Burlington in sort of as the sun was going down, I ran, I don't know where, but somewhere down in here, crossed I-5 into Conway, I think it is over there, uh, right around sunset. And then my last leg was through downtown Oak Harbor, like really in the early in the morning, like maybe four in the morning, I think it was, that I ran through Oak Harbor. So those are my sections, but every runner has three sections. So this is 
over two days that you're doing this, it is not, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> at the end, we all drive down to Langley, which is at the end of Whidbey Island. The whole team crosses the finish line together. We kind of saw that on the video there. And I received my prize. My prize. I brought it to show you my prize. This is it. This is why I ran the race. This metal bottle opener. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even know you got a prize. I mean, it's pretty fun. I feel pretty cool that I did get it. But uh, that is not why I did it, right? That's not why I ran the race. I did it to see if I could do it. I did it to say that I did it. Uh, I did it to test my limits. I did it to build closer friendships. I was running with actually a group from our church. Whidbey Grace is another Foursquare church over on the island, and I was there at that time, and so it was a group from that church. We did it together. I encourage that. If you guys want to run, put a group together, do Ragnar. Um, but also, I just ran, I ran to run. There's something thrilling in the struggle of running as you're, and especially if you haven't run and then you start running and you get into it, there's something thrilling just in the running, in the beating my body and making it my slave, right? There was a thrill in that. I was reaching for something kind of beyond myself, and that was my prize. Not this, although I do still have this. Uh, so what's Paul's prize? Well, what's the prize of the race of the Christian life? Again, we're going to look at another scripture. Paul does answer this question in Philippians 3.14. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call, the gospel, the good news, life in Jesus, maturity in Christ. This is the prize that we're running for. He says earlier that it's imperishable, right? It can't be lost. It can't be destroyed. I can't, my kids can't take this and, or they can't take it and run off with it. They could take this and run off with this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that, right? We, it can't be taken away. But I think the most important thing about the race is the race itself is the prize. The Christian life is both the journey, it's both the race and the destination. Right? We're living this life together in this race. That is a prize in and of itself, just like running in and of itself is its own prize. And then, of course, the prize of eternal life, the maturity in Christ is also the prize. So the journey and the destination. Running, depending on the Spirit, entering into death, resurrecting with Christ, putting away our old selves, becoming new, in creation, new creations, being slaves of righteousness, all of that is the prize. It's, it's just like for me, it's kind of beyond myself. Uh, it's beyond what we can reach. We have to have the Spirit and Christ leading us through that whole process. So I want to just give you some practical steps and some things I've noticed in this. The first thing that I just have to admit is that running is hard. <laughs> it's hard. At least for me, it's hard. My knees are shot. Running is hard. Training was hard. Running Ragnar was hard. It's hard. And I do want to say, I think it's important to say that the Christian life is hard in the sense that um, it's, it's, not, it's not the easiest way to go. It's not the most comfortable way to go. It's easier to just sort of fall into comfort and do the easy thing, and that's not necessarily what the Christian life is. But Paul tells us if we're Christians, we're supposed to run the race and we're supposed to run for the prize. He also gives us one more instruction. 
this is the end of the verse, the end of verse 27. He says, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So I discipline my body and keep it under control so that I don't become disqualified. Earlier in chapter 9, Paul gives up his rights entirely and says, I'm going to become all things to all people. I don't need to have anything. I will discipline my body and keep it under control in order to preach the gospel and share in its blessings. He is compelled to, in fact, he even says, I'm compelled to preach the gospel. Woe to me if I can't preach the gospel is what he says. He's driven for it. So he's willing to give up everything to do it. We, excuse me, we don't want to disqualify our words. We want to be running this race for real. real. We don't want to be disqualified. We need to be living the Christian life and really make it count. James says faith, with, faith without works is dead. We really have to be living this in order to share the, news, the good news with others. People can tell if you're just giving them lip service. They need to know that you're really in it. Um, we don't just live it for show. Uh, I often say, you know, if you're going to do the Christian thing, like, do the Christian thing. And if you're not, you might just be more comfortable at home on a Sunday. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be harsh, but I mean, there's so much goodness in it. And there's so much at stake. It isn't just a nice thing that we kind of come to church and say, okay, thanks, I feel good, I did my thing for the week. Like, there's a whole life to be lived there. So really, really do it. Um, I know I mentioned it's hard. It is hard. But it's not too hard. Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And it's possible with him as the head, filled with the spirit, continually, continually filled with the spirit. I can't emphasize that enough. When we try to do it on our own, the minute we forget Christ and the spirit, we're like, oh, oh, we fail. We have to keep coming back to the spirit every time. There are a few disciplines uh, that you can enter into with this that help grow, that help your strategy, help you plan and help you grow. Uh, I'm going to mention a few of them. One is uh, reading and studying scripture, which you guys do here really well. Uh, another is practicing silence and solitude, kind of stepping away from your busy life, taking time away to be quiet, to be actually able to read your scriptures. Uh, that leads to the next thing, which is praying. And praying is not only talking, but also listening to God. So when you're in silence and stillness and you're reading your scriptures, you have time to pray. All those things are strategies for running this race. Fasting is another great, that's like, that's like running hills, right? <laughs> Fasting is in there. Tithing is a regular thing that you should do to just trust the Lord and step out in faith. Fellowship with each other is incredibly important. Be in communion with other Christians and with each other. Um, I want to read this whole thing one more time now that we've kind of talked verse by verse by verse. Um, but also because the more we read scripture, the more it's ingrained in your memory. When we repeat it over and over, the reading of scripture, that itself is a discipline. And see, I'm just sneaking it right in here as we do the thing. We're just going to, we're going to build a discipline. All right, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul lived this way. And toward the end of his life, uh, he wrote 
to Timothy, his protege, and this, these are the words that he said. 2 Timothy 4, through, or 4, 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. My prayer today is that we can say those things as well at the end of our lives. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this opportunity, Lord, um, to share your word. Uh, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you've sent your spirit to help us with this race, Lord. We know we can't do it by ourselves. Thank you that you've given us a choice to be slaves to righteousness, that you let us choose this path with you. Thank you that you've given us a strategy and a plan and that you're with us throughout this whole process. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to say one more thing. I know you're up here. Sorry. Um, this isn't part of my sermon, but I always get here early because I never know if I'm going to have problems on the bridge or not. And I was out, and I always pray for you guys before I start. Um, and I did get a word this morning, which was just don't give up. I think we can read this sometimes, and it, for me, I certainly felt this way. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. Like, I don't want to, I'm exhausted. I don't want to run this race. And I don't, maybe it was for me, but if it's for anybody here, I just want to be like, if that's how you're feeling, don't give up. Reach out to him, pray, ask for help, don't give up. It seems like a lot. It seems like a lot of work. It's not if you're in this. If you want more information on Hub City Church, find us at thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.